Welcome to the Master's Plan Your Partner podcast, sponsored by Master's Plan Church Design and Construction with headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We partner to build and renovate churches all over the United States with a trusted reputation and a proven process. Master's Plan is passionate about becoming your trusted partner. Now let's join our hosts, Rodney James and Miss Kim. Welcome back to the podcast for Master's Plan, your partner. And if you have missed any of the steps, then I encourage you go back and listen from step one, because this is the right steps and the right order is what we're talking about in the timeline of church construction. And we really want to encourage you that, you know, every step is important. So when you understand why these were created the way they were, why this timeline was put in the order that it is, it'll all make sense. So go back and start with podcast number one and uh, bring you up to up to date today. My name is Kim Spence and Rodney James and I are your hosts. And Rodney is the president and founder of Master's Plan Church Design and Construction based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I tell you what, uh, you guys are busy all the time and you're building all over the country, which is so exciting. And even in a time that has been a challenge for a lot of people with things that are happening in the country. But the good news is, is that uh, God's kingdom is expanding in it many is. ways. Yes, it is. And it's exciting to uh, see that right here on the front lines. Uh, anytime churches are needing facilities, mm-hmm. uh, needing expansion, needing new facilities, starting new campuses, uh, that just means that the kingdom is advancing. And we have definitely seen that um, through uh, all that the country has gone through and uh you know, but I think that's, that's, I, I wrote an article not long ago, um, looking at the construction forecast for 2021. Uh, we wrote it back in mid 2020. And, um, you know, I, the title of the, uh, article was, but God. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, I mean, you, when Jesus came, he turned everything on the world system upside down. He mm-hmm. turned everything of the religious system upside down. Mm-hmm. And I think the reality is that's the kingdom is always counter. Mm-hmm. to what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And God's economy is not based on the world's economy. Yeah. And so uh, it's exciting to watch churches who are experiencing phenomenal growth in this mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. because of some of what's going on in the world right yeah. now. And yeah. so um, it is a fun time to be a part of uh, what God is doing in the area of uh, church facility growth mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's a critical time uh, I like how you said that about that we're not dependent on what's going on in the world because there is that, oh, you don't want to get into construction right now or building even, you know, of course, for homes and things because the costs have just gone through the roof. And but we're not dependent on God's economy is different from the world's economy. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've watched we've watched uh, a couple of the churches that we're partnered with right now. Uh, go through their capital campaign process. Mm -hmm. And in a time where you would think um, with all that's going on in our world, it would be hard to raise funds to build a building. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're dealing with a church right now that's experienced some phenomenal growth and went into a project expecting to spend X and um, 
We watched God just step in the middle of that, in the midst of all that's going on in the world, the economy and all of that. Okay. And they raised $2 million more than what we anticipated them to, to wow. raise in this process. And wow. so, you awesome. know, when you when you watch God do stuff like that, you realize that he's not bound by what's going on in the world. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he has a vision that's much bigger, you know, things that the eye hadn't seen or and um, or what we've expected. And mm-hmm. so it's fun to be a part of that and yeah. to, to be partnered with churches that have that kind of vision, yeah. partnered with churches that uh, are willing to take a step of faith and watch God show up instead of saying, this is what we can do. Yeah saying, God, this is what we need. This is the vision you've given us, and we're going to keep walking forward in it, even though everything around us says no or doesn't make sense. And that's when God gets to show up and part the Red Sea and uh, and lead us on a journey that you couldn't go on otherwise. Yeah, that's so exciting. And and part of the reason that we encourage you as you're listening to this, even if you're one, two, three years out from what you really think might be the building and construction project, go ahead and contact Master's Plan because they partner with you from that very moment that you have the vision or the thought of making some changes maybe in your church or expanding or an entirely new building. They're here for you. And you can contact them at MP churchdesignbuild.com or give them a call at 918 918- Three seven nine four nine one seven. One of the core values that they have hanging on their wall for the company is seek and expect wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him from James 1, 5. Wisdom is knowing the right steps in the right order. That's part of the timeline. We're talking today, now we've gone through our due diligence and feasibility, so we're talking today about now interview lenders, which when we've already talked in this timeline about budget and financing, Rodney, it might seem kind of like, well, we're starting just now to interview lenders. Why didn't we do that at the beginning? Yeah, so there, there's a very strategic reason that interviewing lenders comes after due diligence and feasibility. So you're correct in that earlier we talked about budget and we talked about the big bucket where mm-hmm. all the money is going to be put in the big bucket, whether that's cash that the church has on hand, whether it's assets that they're going to sell, whether it's capital campaign and the funds are going to raise. And the last piece that goes into that bucket is uh, the potential to borrow funds. Mm-hmm. And so we've strategically placed this in the timeline because many times churches go out and they they begin conversations with lenders very early on. Well, you don't have the facts. You don't have the information because the first thing they're going to want to know is what do you want? What are you going to build? Why are you building it? Uh, what's it going to cost? Yeah. And uh, if you don't do due diligence and feasibility, you have no idea what the project's going to cost. You may know what the building's going to cost. Mm. And in all likelihood, if you've spent all your money designing a building to your budget, there's probably a bunch of other things over here you're going to wind up having to spend money for. Mm-hmm. And so then you either have to go start whittling away at the building you've already designed yeah. because you didn't do due diligence of feasibility at the right order, take the money out of the big bucket. So we come down to after due diligence and feasibility 
talking about borrowing funds. That's that's again one of the pieces of the big bucket. Uh, we've met, we've done some concepts at this point based on kind of what the financial analysis that we talked about much earlier on mm-hmm. that was done. How we do that financial analysis in one of the earlier podcasts. Um, we've done some concepts based on that, but now it's time to go really have an, a conversation with a lender to say, uh, how can we, or what is it going to take, or how much can we borrow to truly fund this project? So the timing of it is very strategic in that it comes after we have all the facts. So when you go sit down before the lender, you're not saying, Hey, we're thinking about building a building at some point <laughs> in the future. Mm-hmm. You're saying, listen, this is the process we've gone through to get here. Mm-hmm. This is what we've uncovered. This is what we have to spend. We've designed the building to what we have left, mm-hmm. what we believe we have left in the big bucket. And we're coming to you saying, we think we can raise this much money or we've hired a consultant and we have with great certainty, we can raise this much money. Uh, this is the balance that's left. And we're coming to see, is it possible for us to truly borrow that much money uh, and have begin to have those conversations again, very intelligently, because you're not coming saying, well, we think we need to borrow a million. We come saying we need to borrow 1.2 million. And here's why. Mm. That's powerful. And the idea of saying, okay, well, where do we go? Does it make a difference if it's our bank on the corner or some other location. Absolutely. So I've uh, been doing this a long time and know that many churches have relationships uh, within their communities with mm-hmm. lenders, with banks. Uh, they've been doing business there for a long time. And those va- those relationships are valuable. And, uh, and we want to honor those relationships. However, uh, church lending is a unique animal. Mm-hmm. Um, nonprofit lending, but certainly church lending. Um, you know, it's easy for the bank on the corner to look at a profit and loss statement of a business, look at the revenue streams over the last three to five years and know what's predictable, what's not predictable. In mm-hmm. church, um, there is a there can be a lot of volatility. I mean, a pastor leaves, it changes the whole financial picture of the church mm-hmm. instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there are things like that in the church world that sometimes conventional community bank lenders, if they don't lend to churches, lend, uh, have a significant church lending department or arm or um, segment of their of their business, um, they can be sometimes very, very conservative. Sometimes they, they have, they are challenged to even make those kinds of loans. There are different restrictions from the banking community on church lending versus commercial lending and residential lending. So, um, if, if the bank is not in that, many times what happens is, is the church can get a loan there. But many times what happens when they go down and say, we need to borrow the $2 million, the, the bank will say, oh, yeah, we want to work with you. We love you. We've had a great relationship. And then you get all the way down to the end. And when it's time to sign it, they say, well, uh, you know, we're only going to be able to loan you $1.6 million. And now you're in trouble. And we have watched that happen over and over and over again. So there's a couple of things that I want to talk about when we talk about interviewing lenders. Number one is uh, you can have the interviews and have the conversations, but nothing is good until you have it on paper. And so many, many, I've watched many, many churches have relationships with local banks. And again, they're not doing anything deceitful. Mm -hmm. It's just, if you don't go through a certain amount of the process and get some certainties, Mm -hmm. um, I've watched so many churches walk a long, long path and we get down and we've, we've had it just recently with a church that again, had a long-term relationship, Mm -hmm. uh, lots of promises made. 
We went through the whole design process, believing this church, believing this bank was going to lend money to this church. Mm -hmm. The church believed they were going to lend money to them. Mm -hmm. We get down, we're ready to begin construction. We had a three month delay while the church figured out how they were going to borrow the money because the bank basically at that point said no. Um, oh, or they said, we'll, we'll loan it to you, but they were a, a, a significant amount short of what they needed to borrow mm-hmm. and certainly qualified for that. The higher amount, there was no issue that they could make the payment. It was just that the bank was not completely comfortable in their underwriting process. They don't do a lot of church loans. And so the amount came down and that's a horrible place to be. Yeah. It costs money yeah. to get to all the way to that point and stop for three months mm-hmm. waiting on a loan to fund. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's very important that if you get an offer from a bank, that you get an offer in writing. Uh, I think that's number one. The second thing that I would encourage churches to do when you think about interviewing lenders is you need to interview some church lending specialists. So people that specialize, banks, uh, other types of organizations that lend. There are a lot of organizations out there. There are denominational organizations that lend. There are kingdom investment funds that lend money to churches. And if you're not aware of all of those, Mm -hmm. if you don't know that those exist, uh, you should have a partner that's helping you, number one, uh, find those types of lenders. Um, if, if you don't have a partner who can look at your financial situation and recommend two to three lenders that you need to have a conversation with, you're probably not partnered with somebody who really understands the church construction world. Okay. Because in this church construction world, there are so many facets. They need to be able to help you connect with the right kind of capital campaign partner. They, your partner that's helping you build, design your building, you they ought to be able to help you connect with the right kind of lender that fits your situation. And so often I look at a church and we talk about their financials. We talk about their their percentage of their staff salaries and how that is to the budget. And so immediately in my mind, I know that one lender is a better fit than another lender. Yeah. So I'm not going to send them to lender A and let them have a conversation and get so far down the road with them that I know they're not going to lend them the money. Yeah. So helping them get connected to the right kind. If you interview church lenders, what you wind up doing is you learn questions that you can ask. If you want to have this relationship with your local bank, that's great. Mm -hmm. But you need to know there are some things that church lenders can do for you that many times the local bank can't, especially if you're doing a capital campaign. Mm -hmm. Many times uh, local banks, when they look at a capital campaign, they will give you a very small percentage of the pledges that are made on a capital campaign. Mm -hmm. So without getting into all the detail, most of your capital campaigns are two to three year processes. Mm -hmm. And we need to borrow the money within the first year Mm -hmm. of that process. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if you have a million dollars worth of pledges, Mm -hmm. a church lender may say, well, we'll give you $800,000 value for those pledges. A local bank may say, we'll give you half a million. Mm -hmm. We even have seen local banks say, we won't give you any value for the pledges, only the money that you've already collected. And so when you look at that, that makes the loan huge. huge, And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you don't qualify Mm -hmm. because they're not giving you the value of the other amount of money that you're going to raise over the next 24 months while we're doing construction, design and construction and all of that process. That's a big difference. And so you get to the end of that and all of a sudden the bank says, well, we can't loan you now because they're not giving you any value for that those capital campaign funds. So it's knowing the right questions to ask mm-hmm. and by having conversations with church lenders and your partner should be able to help you n- negotiate and navigate some of those questions mm-hmm. about the terms of the loan. You know, uh, so many times um, 
churches get focused on an interest rate. Well, there's a whole lot more to the terms of the loan than the interest rate. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when is that loan coming due? Is it a is it a five year term? Is it a seven year term? Is it a ten year term? Uh, is it a two year term? Mm-hmm. You know, which basically means at the end of that term, that loan has to be renegotiated. Um, and so, if you get a three year term or a five year term, at the end of three years or five years, if you've borrowed three million dollars, there there is a time where that's going to have to be renegotiated. Mm-hmm. So. Um, knowing that, knowing how, how, how long are they going to amortize the note over? Is this a 15 year, a 20 year, a 25 year? What, what can you amortize this note over? And I, I say this often, cash is king when it comes to ministry. Yeah. Um, you know, so if I amortize a note over 15 years versus 20 years, I have considerably less cash over the period of time. Mm-hmm. How long? Here's a big key for many of these. How long will they give you before they amortize the note? Mm-hmm. So most of the time, it's as soon as construction's over. So if we start the capital campaign today and we start construction, uh, design and construction today, let's say design and construction is going to take 20 months. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got 36 months worth of pledges. You've got 20 months worth of construction. Mm-hmm. So that, that leaves that gap of 16 months that we're collecting funds mm-hmm. that can be paying down principal. Mm-hmm on the money that we borrow, and we amortize at the end of the three years yeah. instead of at the end of the 20 months. Well, many times that extra half a million dollars or that extra 800000 that we'll collect in those last 16 months, mm-hmm. that can make a difference of anywhere between $3,000 and $7,000 a month in your payment over the next seven to eight years. Wow. Think of the cash. If you had $70,000 more in your budget over the next seven years, yeah. year after year, uh, then if you didn't, because you had to amortize at the end of construction versus the end of your capital campaign. Wow. So it is a huge deal for churches to understand that when we go to interview lenders, we need to have, it goes back to what I say over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's not what you don't know. It's what <laughs> yes. you don't know that you don't know. If you don't thinking. know the right questions yeah. to ask, right. you can't get the right answers. Right. And so I watch churches go and negotiate with a local lender or a non-church lender mm-hmm. and get a set of terms. And I say, I think you can do much, much better than that. And let me show you what it looks like. And when you show them that they could even as little as $40,000 a year more in their budget over the next seven to 10 years while they're paying off this loan, it is huge to Mm -hmm. churches. Mm -hmm. So it's so important that we put this interview process in the right place, right? That we do it after we've done due diligence and feasibility and uh, that we come back to the church at at the right time in the right place to Mm -hmm. be able to help them navigate with the right questions um, on choosing a lending partner. And also the idea of having you as the partner in this process, is this something that you do with the pastor and Absolutely. the team? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I walk so often it's maybe a treasurer, maybe it's a depending on the size of the church, a CFO. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's an executive pastor, administrator are the ones that are carrying the baton through mm-hmm. this process. And so I am constantly coaching, encouraging, helping, providing resources, questions things that they need to look at to help evaluate uh, as they go through that. Now, there's a couple of ways that can be done. Just real quickly as we close today, um, there are consultants out there that specialize in. So you can hire, especially for smaller churches that may not have a uh, 
a, a person in the finance department that can that really has knowledge about lending and all the terms and negotiating the contracts of all of that. Right. There are consultants out there, and we can help you get partnered with one of those if you need that help. That they actually do all the work for you. So wow. they they take all of your financial reports. They put all those packages together. They take it and present it to lenders on your behalf. Mm-hmm. They tell your story. They negotiate the best terms they can negotiate and bring back to you maybe the top one or two lenders or and say, we believe this is the best option for you. Here's kind of option A and option B. We believe this is the right option. So for smaller churches, churches that are navigating this that don't have the expertise or somebody in their congregation or on their staff to manage that process, mm-hmm. there are consultants that can help you do that. And uh, and they don't charge a fee. They get paid on the backside from the lender for bringing the loan. So there's some advantages to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have as much opportunity and say when you kind of walk down that road. Mm-hmm. And then the other side of that is, is just a partner who helps you say, hey, here's three lenders. Mm-hmm. Go talk to these three. Here are the questions that you want to ask. Here are the things you want. And then many times I'm, I get, I get the, all of the term sheets back. I get the offers back from the banks and we mm-hmm. sit down and go through them together and talk about, hey, this is, this looks good here. This looks good here. Why don't we go back to that lender and ask if he'll do this? Yeah. And so we do help them as a partner to negotiate all of this. Everything that has to do with the project, Miss Kim, we help them navigate the journey. Rodney James is the founder and president of Master's Plan Church Design and Construction. This is the right steps in the right order through the timeline that we've been talking about on these podcasts. And if you've missed any of them, make sure to go back and listen. So again, you can follow along with what you know. And this is a free resource. This is just part of what's provided through Master's Plan. You can go on their website, get all kinds of information, and then also give them a call or email, reach out and say, hey, this is some things that we need. These are things that we need. We we are looking at making some changes, building, um, and they are here for you as a partner. 918-379-4917 or mpchurchdesignbuild.com. Exciting things are happening in the construction world. We're so glad that you're a part of what's happening, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening today. For questions about your building project, go to our website, mpchurchdesignbuild.com, and click Contact. Master's Plan Church Design and Construction. Let's build the kingdom together. This podcast is a Your Story Speaks production where we help ordinary people tell extraordinary stories.